Hello, listening people. Hello. You are listening to Spin Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm Ryan Slowinski. And I'm Bartek. And as you heard, you are listening to Spin Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. Why are we called Spin Polish? Yeah, why? It's because we're always spitting and we both happen to be Polish. Oh. Yes. I knew but that. But what is the so-called unappreciated masterpieces that we present, Bartek? Yes, Ryan. What is this? What are what are unappreciated masterpieces? Yes, Ryan. I'll tell you. <laughs> so when we say unappreciated masterpieces, we really, really mean just that. Yeah, if you if you know the word unappreciated and masterpieces, you can kind of figure out what it's, we do. It's like underappreciated, but unappreciated in the sense that. It's a movie that doesn't have what it should have, rather than have it doesn't have enough. Movies that... Uh, look, when you think of things like Forrest Gump and Pulp Fiction, you're like, oh yeah, masterpieces, great, I can watch them any day of the time. And But those movies, they're appreciated. Unappreciated meaning movies that didn't get good reviews, are no longer loved, or just haven't really been talked about. Those are the movies that we look at here, and we make uh, audio commentaries about them, and we discuss them in depth, and uh, we find out what other people thought too. That's exactly right. You nailed it on the head, Bartek. You are just like Jesus with a hammer. Bang, bang, bang on the money. We are going to talk about an unappreciated masterpiece, a film that just needs to be talked about, a film that we all kind of know, yet we don't, because we don't know its true worth. Bartek, what is the film that we need to talk about today? Ryan, the movie that we are talking about today is... Oh, we're listening to a song? <laughs> now, I don't speak Polish, but that sounded like a song. Now, I know you're into Polish rap, but I am not. What Polish rapper are we listening to today, Bartek? Oh, uh, you're listening to Spit Polish under... Uh, uh, yeah. Unwrap appreciated masterpieces. <laughs> Unwrap appreciated masterpieces. Um, what, are we, what are we watching? I don't know why you. Did you sing it? Or is that how the rhythm of the Polish language comes across with this title? No, I wasn't singing. I, I was just saying. I'm like, not crazy, right? <laughs> Audience, not only should you write reviews for us because it gives us significant boosts with uh, reach, but. Please, please write on <laughs> iTunes that that was Bartek singing. I'm not crazy. In fact, I feel if I had the time and effort, I would remix what you just said in Polish into a rap song. Uh, okay, okay, right. Uh. So what are we watching? Um, well, I forgot the title, so I just said, bye, I'm going. So look, the movie is <laughs> Gulliver's Travels from 2010. <gasps> Gulliver's Travels from 2010 and not the 1930s, 20s, 40s, 50s, 60s, all those other versions. Or the book. All the... Well, that's... <laughs> who reads books? So, <laughs> we're watching the 2010 classic with Jack Black, Emily Blunt, Billy Connolly, James Corden, Marshall from How I Met Your Mother, Jason Siegel, and... Um, and Jack Black. Did I mention Jack Black? TJ Miller. I mean, it's got every single person you would want in a movie. Catherine Tate. I mean, everyone's in it. But you know who wasn't in it, Bartek? Kiss. Quality. Uh, oh. I was going to say our guest, which is, I guess, the same as quality. 
not in it. Yeah. Uh, our guest who just spoke before I gave him a marvellous introduction. He, in, in fact, ruined my great lead-up hey, to an introduction. I was for like five minutes there. So, who are you? Well, I am the spirit of yes. Swift. Yes, I have been reincarnated. I am like the collective spirit of historic writers. So, Come for the people who cannot read in the description names, who are you? Oh, wow. You might remember me from Just Visiting. Uh, oh, another classic. masterpiece I was on earlier in... I can't remember when, but it happens. I'm sure of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not 100% sure. Yeah, so, yeah. you are the guest from Just Visiting. Yes. Mark Mark 2. Mark Mark 2, or Mark Russell, as we know him. He's got two first names. Yeah. So He's also a second Mark. The first Mark died in an unfortunate just visiting accident. <laughs> exactly. And now Mark, Mark Two has journeyed with us yes. to watch Gulliver's Travels. It's quite a journey. What a travel. Yeah, I've been I've been across the world really. Across. I visited Laputa, Lilliput, Bobadinad, all the various All the various amazing islands. Amazing lands. So, guys, obviously you should have your copy of this movie. Legally purchased, I imagine. And you should have it ready to play. But before you get that play button pressed... Don't click the play button yet. Do not. Three, two, one, go. No, don't. Um, Unless you're on the I just want to ask before we start the movie... Um, what do you want to ask, baby? Baby, hit me one more time. Oh, ah! <laughs> <laughs> so, I didn't see that coming. I saw that coming. I thought it was going to be you, though. Um... <laughs> What I was going to ask was, have we read the original source material of Gulliver's Travels, also called Gulliver's Travels? Bartek? Look, uh, long story short, no. <laughs> okay, what was the long story? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just going to be like, no. So, Do I look like Jerry Seinfeld? What's the deal with Gulliver? So, Mark, what about you if you read the source material before? Well... You know, I haven't read it personally, but I do have a copy in front of me. Oh, so it's reading you. Yes. So Mark has I, I just never like read it, huh? Yeah. I... I don't know about the pissing incident or, you know, the quality of it. So I, have, of course, have not read it. I take the stance in life that I leave books for the nerds. Oh. Books are... Books are old news, you know. We right. live in an age where why read why read a book when you can watch Vin Diesel or Jack Black or Jack Black. So Ryan, Jack Black shits on books. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be on on the cover of Gulliver's <laughs> Travels, the book. <laughs> Jack Black, the, the, the book adaptation of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're reading this? What a dork. <laughs> I shit on you. So, so, Ryan, we did a three-year drama course. How many books did you buy in that whole time? None. <laughs> so, well, since I started my course, I have bought about 100 books. Well, oh, and have shit. you read them? Yes. Now, oh, sad. So, guys, my advice is don't read the book. Watch the movie instead. Yeah. For every movie that's based on a book, especially Gulliver's Travels. So get your copy of Gulliver's Travels prepared. The 2010 copy, of course. The one with the marvellous performance by... Chris O'Dowd? <laughs> so get it prepared. Get it ready. Because we're going to start this magnificent 
magnificent, beautiful piece of yeah. cinematic art in three, two, one, play. Let's hit it. So we are now viewing the 20th Century Fox logo. Yes, 20th Century Fox do make movies. They make such what? cinematic classics as Gulliver's Travels. You see, you never really pay attention, but below it it says a news corporation. <gasps> do you ever think, but do you ever think, boys, that the, that Fox also makes Sim- the Simpsons? Yes. And really Gulliver's Travels. So at some point, there was the guys who wrote this movie. They walked past the the, the, the writer's office of the Simpsons, and they were like, huh, "We're doing a better job than those dogs." The Simpsons rejects got set on this movie. I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a scientist. But I think they did. Well, look, Ryan, you can sit down in front of a TV and chances are you can just watch The Simpsons right there. But for this movie, this movie, you have to win the right to see an early screening of it. Oh, yeah. So, what is our history with this movie, Bartek? Bartek will ask Ryan to say first. Well, my history with this movie was remembering it existed and watching it for this podcast. It was a movie that's been on the list from the very beginning. Why was it on the list from the very beginning? It was because of my housemate, Mark, who was the guest, telling me his history with the movie, and it immediately had to go on the list. And let's just jump straight into it. Mark, tell us your genuine, honest history with this movie. Well, you know, back in the day, how I, I saw it at cinema, actually. <gasps> Ooh. The worst Ooh. money I ever spent. Worst money you ever spent. So how old were you at the time? Um, I you, don't know. It was six years ago. How old are you now? Minus that by six. And you'll figure it out pretty quick. <laughs> 47. He's a writer, not a mathematician. Exactly. Can't so, six get... years ago, younger Mark did not like this movie. No, In fact, you declared it as the worst thing you've ever seen. Well, you know, not just like the worst, but like the most disappointing. And like, you were angered I had by it. Anticipation. I hadn't, I hadn't read the book at that point, but, oh. you know, I was familiar with the stories. And I'm like, oh, this might be cool. Of course, I wasn't familiar with Jack Black at that point. Ah, oh, what? What happened with you? Didn't watch School of Rock? Well, you know that was that was Jack Black, but it wasn't you know Jack Black being Jack like, Black. shitting on literature. You know? Oh yeah, he was just shitting on rock. Like, yeah. At this point, I have seen Year One where he sort of shits on the Bible, and I've seen this where he shits. Year on One's a masterpiece, but I had. Yeah, so we've Year already one, done it. I, I had to watch that as well. So does that mean that? <laughs> Does that mean that School of Rock, he's shitting on the uh, the career of teaching? Yeah, pretty yes. much. Okay. Pretty much. <laughs> shitting on being a teacher. So, Jack Black's entire film career is, what can he shit on? He says to his agent, hey, Johnny, I want to shit on something. What have you got for me today? Well, you could shit with- on Christianity, or you could shit on uh, literature. Which one do you want to do? Oh, but- I'll toss a coin on this. Yeah. Literature it is. So what I want to know is who came to like, a, like a someone, a producer, whatever, with Gulliver's Travels, Jack Black, and who accepted that? Like, uh, who Twentieth Century Fox. <laughs> That's the answer. To Rupert exactly. Rupert Murdoch himself <laughs> came down from his cryogenic freezer and said, "Yeah, mate." He said, "Yeah, mate." I'm I'm an I'm Rupert Murdoch, the Australian tycoon. Rupert, Rupert Nixon? <laughs> <laughs> no, Rupert Nixon was more like, 
Ah, oh, crikey. So, Rupert himself... What happened there? <laughs> so, Rupert Murdoch himself said, I want this movie made with my good friend Jack Black. I imagine Jack Black's done a few favours for Rupert Murdoch over the years. He ate a few bodies. So, my history was hearing Mark's previous history with this movie, which was anger, annoyance, disappointment. But, Mark's no, seen it again. And... As we're going to find out during the course of oh, this, maybe maybe Mark has changed, turned a new leaf, or maybe he's even worse. This may be a redemption story or a tragedy. We'll or find both. out as redemption, tragedy, <clears throat> tragedy. Papa. Papa? This, this guy right I here. I thought you didn't really want to talk about you. Uh, you were like, right, you go first. Well, because I thought yours was the most boring one, so we get it out of the way. <laughs> oh, fuck your mum. <laughs> <laughs> no, so... with Sorry my, about ex mum. So, speaking of my mum, <coughs> and also my little brother, um, Big Dick 6969 um, <laughs> six years ago, we saw this movie in the cinema together as a family, because it's a family movie, and I walked out of it kind of similar to our attitude with year one, like... Oh, it was it was okay. It wasn't like the greatest movie ever, but when I rewatched it again last night, I actually liked it a lot more, mm. like than I did in the cinema. Like there were a lot of parts that made me laugh. Well, that's a good thing about this. See, when I watched it last night, of course I was familiar with Gulliver's Travels only by the title alone. Obviously, I did not read the book. <laughs> And I remember I watched it with the whole household, uh, my girlfriend Mark and our other housemate, Cassandra. And um, this is exactly the same experience as I had with Just Visiting, except for the difference was the film Just Visiting, which we've already done on the show, I had already seen multiple times. This movie, not so much, but the exact same experience was after watching it, I could not remember a single element of the movie and that's not the fault of the movie, as I said with Just Visiting. It's the fault with me, the viewer. I felt like I could have poured my heart into this film more, but that's why we're watching it now. The film, why I forget it was because the beautiful thing about the film is it's an experience in the moment. You're living in the moment with Jack Black in this movie as Jack Black in a mailroom. And Jack Black, just... Jack, Jack, Black, Black, Jack, Jack Black, Black, Jack Black, Jack Black. So no, no Gulliver anyway. Just Jack no, it's Black. Gulliver. His name's what's his first name? Lemuel. Lemuel. Yeah, he looks like Lemuel. So um, so you say you don't remember? Do you remember what the, the uh, this guy here sounded like? His uh, his subordinate, I guess. He's now sound, his boss. He sounded kind of like this. He he sounded you know kind of you know bored like yeah people are born every year yeah yeah, yeah. actually I you know, I, was, I should have only been here six hours but I've we should have watched his movie where it was like him climbing up the ladder and like one day in, a, bo- already in like, a bored voice in a bored voice oh. but that's TJ so I'm like you know your boss now uh, yeah. and the first thing I'm gonna do is get rid of uh, get rid of the uh, guitar hero so this movie is basically a fever dream that's that's the kind of feeling I got when watching it. It was like I was in hot flashes when watching it. Lots of things were, was happening. Yeah. I couldn't handle Lots my pro- drama. drama processes were going on in my brain. Bartek, what about you? So you had watched it before in the cinema, came out lukewarm to it. Mm. This time round, did it you heated up your pants, yeah? You said that you enjoyed it a lot more. What about it this time round warmed up your trousers? Well, you know what was really interesting? And I said it in the um, 
the year one episode that I could only remember elements of it. I couldn't remember how it went. This one I remembered quite a lot. Like there was one thing in particular that I forget. There was one thing in particular that I didn't remember, and that really caught me off guard. It's it's near the end. I'll bring it up then. Please do. But yeah, this one, um, like you know how on the island, the Lilliputs Island, they have that basically the king's house. Yeah, the castle for some. Well, it wasn't really a castle, but... It was a palace. giant castle. It looked like a palace. I'd call it a palace, because it looks like Buckingham Palace a bit. Yeah. Apparently Winston Churchill was born there. But anyway, um, for some reason, that set, that area right there, was something that I always remembered whenever I thought of this movie. So, like, mm. over the past six years, if ever, for any reason, this movie would enter my mind, I would just think Which of that Which would be place. often. For some reason. It's because I would say, hey, we got to watch Gulliver's Travel soon, and you're like, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah. Oh. Like, this movie had always been in my mind as, like, oh, that movie was okay. Like, maybe it was at this point that I started realising that some movies are just uh, okay. Yeah. And they're not, like, the best experiences. But for some reason, I, I guess that would be why I'd think of it often. Yeah. But, and, yeah, that, that little area right there the, where the palace is just was always in my mind. So when I saw it in the movie, I was like, wow, it's just like it looked like in my head. So that's, that's all, yeah, it's beautiful. Man. I don't actually know what you asked me, but I, I think I that asked said you how it how it was better this time around for you. Oh, uh, and I, you went on this whole <laughs> tangent. It was great. I, I guess to answer that question, I just I I grew up. <laughs> I became a real boy. I guess my my humor has just expanded. Like I can laugh at things easier. You've now. watched enough unappreciated masterpieces to get this unappreciated. So you know what? I've had the opposite experience. Like since I started watching movies that have been on this podcast. I have just sort of like become bitter, very bitter towards like the movies. industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn Hollywood. Damn so here's something that I talked about when we watched this movie. This is something I do remember. Was look at our office right now. Okay, it's poorly lit, but look at it. Look at it. Okay, it's kind of like okay, cool. I'm looking at a desk, looking at a light. There's a plant. There's a plant or plant, and uh, I'm looking at it. The next time we see our office, everything is like bright pink. And I was like, was it like that before? And everyone's like, oh, you know, the, the office wasn't lit. And I'm like, I'm I'm like a thousand percent sure that it wasn't See, no, 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 that bright. And now watching it, it, I though. am correct. There's a point to it, though, because at the end of the movie, everybody's happy. So, you know. Oh, yeah, everyone's like, happy. It's really her, like, character arc. Like, she's, like, Do you ever... a writer and then she's happy. <laughs> the director said, okay, Jack. We need footage for the movie, you know? We're making a masterpiece here. Could you play the guitar? Sure, I can do that. Now, can you lift your shirt up and over your face so we can see your big fat belly and your man boobs? Can and I? Can I? And can you play them like drums? Definitely. And could you tweak your nipples at the end? Can do. Give me that $40 million. Mm, mm. Mm, I'm pretty sure this wasn't in the book. Yeah, um, are you sure? Are you sure Gulliver at no point in the book tweaked his nipples? I don't Pretty think sure. that. Well, you know, you don't know. You're not too sure. No, never so look, look at her office now. It's like a nightmare. See, there's no plants on her desk. Oh, Instead, yeah. there's just a huge one in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that one ate the other one. Look at those babushka dolls. The babushka dolls. So, now we... That was a good comeback, Ryan. <laughs> Fuck your mama. So, I don't know why I keep saying that. Look at that mask. So, look, look, object. Look, Look, Jack Black selling his soul to the devil. Look, the devil. Look, she's a travel something. Sometimes we're blocking it. So, (laughs) fuck you. So, 
This movie is a very touching story. Of course, the story is about, um, you know, uh, about a man... Named Lemuel. Lemuel. (laughs) He's not even, like... Lemuel, I'm pretty sure he only Lemuel or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you cast anyone else who looked even close to being called that, I would be like, oh, this movie's this movie would be not an unappreciated masterpiece. Let's not forget, in the book, Gulliver was not an idiot. He was a gentleman. Was he his was name a doctor? Le- was his name Lemuel? Yes. Oh well, they kept one thing from the book. Yes, because actually they kept two things. I was about to say, oh, no, uh, no, no. hold, hold it in. Hold that, yeah. Hold yeah. it in. Yeah, hold when, it in. When I think of Lemuel, I'm thinking like a cross between Milhouse and <laughs> Shaggy or something. When I think Lemuel, I think of a Spanish conquistador, conqui- <laughs> conquistador, yeah. yeah, who's plunging into South America looking for the fountain of youth and gold, and I imagine Jack Black playing that character. Oh, look, it's this guy who, for some reason, fun fact, it's the same guy from the movie The Tuxedo, who plays the the Jamaican friend of Jackie Chan that you thought was going to be in the movie more, (laughs) and he plays a guy with an accent in this that you thought was going to be in the movie more. It's an interesting characterization to play. But as I was saying, this movie is based on the book. And, of course, the movie's plotline is different from the book. This is a loose adaptation, uh, but it gets the spirit of it. Like, I know you just said he was a doctor in the book, but I'm sure that he carried around a pack of Coca-Cola. Yes, and a manual making robots. Yeah, and a GPS system. And, but, mm. but this movie is about a man who's trying to... Uh, overcome his shyness and uh, his ego at the same time. Oh, I can't believe that with Jack Black. Uh, I can. He's, he's a mixture of shy and ego. Uh, he's super ego. Just and, ego. Um, he's he, dictionary definition of humble. Let me finish, guys. Jesus Christ. Or the audience will just be sitting here going, what's the movie about? Because Ooh, I don't think they're going to watch it with us, but you should. You're saying it wrong, Ryan. You have to say, shut the fuck up and let me speak. Oh. Shut the fuck so, um, as I was saying, See, this movie's about a man. Work. This movie is about a man who's trying to win his woman's heart by traveling to the Bermuda Triangle to write about it. That's completely it? wrong. Lily I don't know was not in Bermuda. So wait, where? What is he trying to do? So he's trying to write an well, article about Bermuda and how great it is? Like, it's just well, a review or travel oh, guide? Oh, what he's got... Okay, sorry. Like, what's I'm... he trying to do, okay? So, he's a travel guy. Well, I, I, don't get me wrong. I understand the concept of what he's trying to do, but I don't actually understand what he is trying to do because he doesn't know either. Like, what I, the I task is, that's what knew what he was doing when he made this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. So, he... What's his plan? So, he's going to go to the Bermuda and what? What's he going to do? Make observations, Look write about water. it, talk Why about Why can't he just make that up? <laughs> because everything's been, like, organised. I guess. And, you get and like, if he doesn't turn up in Jamaican, I will have a big role in this movie. Like, he did not come in. And be a it'll big... be about the Jamaican it'll guys' be, yeah, It'll be a huge court case of, like, well, did he actually turn up or not? Are you telling the truth? I like how we got an advertisement for Guitar Hero. Um, great game. Uh, so, oh, yeah, Jack Black pulling that face. Oh, someone paid him for that. Man. Which is the best part. Can you imagine just, like, waking up, like, your mind's completely out of it, and just that happens immediately? I would shit my pants, but since you, I was you in the You did the seat, opposite, Ryan. I... You didn't sleep at all. <laughs> I did. Oh, don't even get me started. This movie... This movie... So, 
Jack Black is going to now make the plot happen. So he's trying to win his girl by going to the Bermuda, right? But of course, the Bermuda Triangle is known for mysterious events, disappearances, yeah. deaths. See, if it's variants. known for that, though, I don't understand why more people haven't landed in the Lilliput. Like, well, two people no. land there in the course of this movie. No, but, but we'll get to that. Because they don't always land in Lilliput, do they? They land in the islands where we shall not go. Bobbing that. Oh, but they don't say that in the movie. Because nobody made this movie actually read the book. Calm down. You never read the book according to you at the start of this. It sounds like you've read it in the course of us talking. So let me get this straight. So we are now watching Jack Black get sucked up into a whirlpool that's backwards. I like it when Jack Black gets sucked up into things. Okay, how far into the movie are we now? We are approximately 16 minutes into Mm. the movie. Well, you know, this point was at page 3 of the book. Well, you know, movies are different. Books, books can just leap straight in. Did it talk about how he got demoted at the newsroom? Oh, sorry, sorry, the mail. Oh room. yeah, yeah, that's um, that's, that's actually a, in there. Yeah, that's the first sentence. Yeah, yeah, I got demoted. So no, no, no. So Jack Black's whole storyline is he goes to this magical land of Victorian England, and uh, <laughs> mixed with Americans, Irish, and the English. So UK basically. Yeah, the UK with the yeah, Americans. Yeah, and then France off to, like, the north. So, so, but they're the Spanish, aren't they, the enemies? But they're, they're, he's gone to this land, and he becomes, like, a, a, a revered hero amongst them through lies. And uh, the movie happens then, and everything else proceeds. So that's kind of, like, the basic setup. It's it's pretty mm. it's pretty interesting setup for a story. Yeah. Obviously, the book went there, but this movie went there in a different direction, saying, Jack Black. Now, Bartek, when you watched this the second time around for this, you said you did remember a great deal. Mm -hmm. Did you remember this quintessential scene that's about to happen here? Some might call it cinematic art. Some might call it profanity, sin. I call it genius. Are you talking about the bum bum? Yeah. <laughs> um. This guy right here, I'm pretty sure he is credited as Butt Crack Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's dead. I love and I, d- I, re- I sort of remembered it. I didn't remember how it looked, and uh, that looked. Uh, uh, okay, no, no joke. I actually thought at a point in the movie, Jack Black was going to uh, have a shower or something, and the guy would just like fall out of his butt crack, and he's like, "Oh my god." And he's like, like psych psychologically wounded for the rest of the movie, and he would help turn against the kingdom. <laughs> but that was just me. That was just me. So, remember the butt crack? Is that in the book? Him swallowing up a tiny man with his butt. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right here. Um, it is. No wait, no, it's not. Oh, is kiss in the book? He's <laughs> kissing the book that was written in the 1700s. Oh, yeah, you know, um, Jonathan Swift, he was a time traveler. So. Yeah, well, Empire Strikes Back. There's a bit of Empire Strikes Back in there. There's a lot of Empire yeah. Strikes Back. So, it relies a lot on other films. I want to give. Just like the book. I want to give a little backstory to this movie for the moment being. This movie was so good. You mean butt crack stories? Fuck oh. yes. This movie was so good that I took a vow. I made a pledge. Why was that I invited? Because you were not. You don't watch the movie with me. I made a pledge that I would not rest until we did this podcast, and I have not slept in over twenty-four hours. So that's why I'm a bit energized. 
And, you know, watching this movie uh, in a slightly hysterical state of lack of sleep, I'm enjoying it. The colours, they're there. And Chris O'Dowd, he's got facial hair. Uh, it's great. And the subtitles are absolute shit. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're great. But um, we love this movie. Yes. All of us. Look at them speaking English. <laughs> I have a huge problem with that. Okay, so... Okay? Someone will be crying. Need to explain that problem? No, so... Oh. In the book, according to Mark Russell, who has not read the book, according Mark, to Mark Russell... Mark Mark 2 Russell. Mark Mark 2, according to Mark Mark 2, never read the book. So he's upset that this movie's doing something in the that isn't in the book that he's not read. Unfortunate. So here's something, Bartek, that Mark did bring up when watching this. Perspective of his height. Now... It works a lot of the times, special effects, don't you think? They're pretty good. Like, well, yeah, I th- I think this movie was one of the ones that you could watch in 3D. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. How little are things to him? So, how little are the people? Because sometimes it's like, oh, they're not even the size of his nose, and sometimes they're, like, the size of his, like, face. You know, it's kind of like, okay, and... Um, the, my favourite part Mark brought up was there's a bit later where he goes into the ocean yeah Mark could you bring up the the uh, cinematic technique that they decided to do with the ocean that you really loved what about the water yeah about the water oh yeah you kind of commented on that when we were interpreting Ryan yeah yeah what was that well there's many things I have fun with but the water is no, you small love compared to him yeah, the water's small. Like, it's not him. like he's come to an island where the people are small. It's like he has been made gigantic. In the whole world? Yeah. But then see, there's an island where people are gigantic, and the water is normal size for him when he goes exactly. there, but it's in the same ocean? Yeah. Oh, you mean how, like, it only goes up to his stomach? Yeah, but also, like, the waves are like tiny? Can, yeah. Yeah. For him, right. Even yeah. though he goes deep into the ocean, so, so I, I guess the idea is that the Bermuda Triangle just has—it's so mysterious because everything's so tiny, and everyone who goes there is just their minds are blown. But like literally, so they die and they don't come back or something. But he's like a simple guy, so his mind doesn't get blown. I actually thought in this world they imprisoned people who were tall, and that's why Jason Segel was in the jail cell because he's like, before you came, I was the tallest guy in Lilyport. It's like, did they just? prison the tall I love is it yeah. like this heresy thing where it's like I thought okay I, I really did think and now it's not bad that it didn't go this way but I really did genuinely think that this movie was going to be about like kind of like uh, racial intolerance in ways of like signifying in this way of height differences so like this society is very prejudiced against the tall I thought it was going to be something like of that. Of course, you'd think that, Ryan. It was great. The book was actually more ridiculous. Really? Yeah, in the book, the main um, conflict between Lilliput and Balthusa is which egg, I mean, which end you break the egg on. Oh. So and it was, there was a point to it, though. It's just Do they do this in the book, where they used is. him to crop food only once? No. So, hold on. Which side was Lilliput on? Oh, I don't know. There was small Indians and big Indians. I can't remember which was which. Because I kind of, like... If if I don't have a spoon, I kind of like the bottom end. But if Ooh, I do have a spoon, heresy. if I do have a spoon, I might go for the like top or side first. I mm. really enjoyed the sequence in which she's like, "Oh no, 
don't kidnap me. And he's like, I'm going to kidnap you. And then they kidnap her. And it's just oh, like, like saying what's going to happen. <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, so this is the universe, is it? Like, but it's only for that instance. Mm. Although, um, hold on. The, 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 what are they called? Belfusians? Yeah. yeah. They were just, they, the way they were dressed just there, like in all that spy gear, that doesn't really come back, does it? They, they become more like, I don't Naughty understand cool what technological like era these people are supposed to be in. Different. That's like, what do you mean these people? These. Oh. This is real well, life. You didn't you watch people. Guess Who? That's a bad thing to say. <laughs> so Emily Blunt is in this movie, and this family is very unique. The royal family. The dad is Scottish, and the daughter is American, and they all are somehow English. Mm. It is... I don't know why they speak English, really. Oh, get over it. Okay. It's a Jack Black movie. It is better than the book, and I haven't even read the book. That's how good this movie is. You don't need to read the book. Wait, hold on. What language do they speak in year one? They speak... English. English. Oh. I don't think Black Jack Black realises there are other languages. Are you upset that Jack Black doesn't speak another language in every movie? <laughs> like, in each movie, you're like, damn, he speaks English in this one. Ugh. All of that, he, he had such a little cameo in Anchorman. He could have just said something in another language, and that would have been it, and that would have been fine. Whoa, he's big. Yeah, and just like Ryan. I'm a big dude. So crushed, dead. All of them are dead. Well, at least he dropped them in. I mean, water so, instead of the gra- like concrete or whatever the ground is. Bartek. Yep. Did you have a favourite character in this movie? There's a lot of people in this movie, like, not just in terms of actors, but just in terms of general people. There's a lot of characters, a lot of situations that happen in this movie that revolve around different characters. Did you have a favourite? I suppose it would have to be the general. Yeah, Chris O'Dowd? Yeah. Why? What about him? Because he's... uh, You know how in movies where there's a character who's being doubted by someone. Yeah. The doubter... You can play a doubter in a lot of ways. And and this one, he plays it in that kind of Jack Black comedy movie doubt ways. Mm. Kind of like a modern attitude, or even though it's like set in Victorian England, as you said. He's got this whole like, nope, sorry, no, no, this isn't, this isn't it, instead of like, this is preposterous, how do you believe this? Like a Frank Grimesy kind of thing. Joth, the protest. Rather than Frank Grimes, he plays it kind of like a modern day, like, no, you guys are cra- kind of like you. Not saying that you're crazy or anything, but like when you doubt something, you'd be like, no, what is this? You like question it I'm in a way. I'm questioning society, yeah. so is he. I also had the general pegged as my favourite one for the uh, film. Why, you ask? Because he's the real hero of this story. Like, he betrays them, sure, but in all fairness, everything he says is correct. He's what I like to call the Peck villain, which is Walter Peck from Ghostbusters is completely correct, but he's a dick about it. You've seen Ghostbusters, yes? Well, you know, in Ghostbusters, Walter Peck is working for the uh, Environmental Protection Agency, I do believe, and he is just basically like, you guys have nuclear reactors in Manhattan, that's not on, and 
since everyone just is so swept up and these guys are catching ghosts, nobody cares, but he cares. And everyone just vilifies him for, for uh, doing yeah. his job. I think I have heard this, and, yeah. and he's a dick about it, though. And that's kind of what the, the general is, or vice general, is in this. He is completely right to question a beast, a million-foot-tall man. His logic is right. His logic is right, but he's a dick about it. And he and he goes kind of beyond dick by like well, later in all on, fairness, but... he's different to Walter Peck. Walter Peck, you know, he's a dick about it, but he's just like a public official. If the leading military expert says to you, "I believe this to be a threat of national security," you don't just ignore him, but they do ignore him in this movie. But Ryan. Who are you gonna? Are you gonna trust the um, you know, the leading military general, whatever guy, or, or the party dude? Oh, they're the party, party, party dude. dude. Yeah. yeah, the party dude. So James Corden just did a brilliant performance. He did something that I truly loved, which is, you know, I think a strength of this movie that adds it to a surrealist nature, which is that certain characters have to shout so they can talk to Jack Black, and the other ones and he has to just deal too. And other ones just kind of talk to him like, hey, how you going? And he can hear them perfectly fine. Like, really, I would love to see, like, someone edit this into how it actually would sound. So it would be like... I think I have to Jack- it. <laughs> No, 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 you just do an echoey sound effect. So Jack Black would oh, just right, be, like, yeah. much louder and echoey and shake. Like, the ground would kind of shake with his voice booming so loud and him, like... Jumping! Oh my god, that was a great transition. <laughs> <laughs> he was dancing. Yeah. <laughs> so low angle design. dancing too. So you had to make sure you were in frame and everything. <laughs> Someone spent more than ten minutes lighting that shot up. Great, but you know, I like some of the seat up where it would just be like Jack Black and he would sound like God basically, and be like. Boom, boom, and like everyone's ears would be kind of moving, and then everyone else talking to him sounds really far away. Or just muted. <laughs> yeah, no, but they sound like really far away. Like, he'll be like, I am Jack Black, and they'll be like, Yes, you are. <laughs> so, here's something there are characters in this movie, Mark, that I imagine are still in the book, yeah? So, is there, other than Gulliver, what characters are in this movie that are actually in the book? Well, I'm the king, sure. obviously. Yeah, there's a king. There's a various nobility. There's like nobody's like really like a character though. Ah, uh, so this is the strength of the movie. They make characters out of nothing. Hmm. Well, nice. you know, they weren't the point of it. Like the point of like this part of this, the um, the story mm-hmm. was that they were so small. They were just sort of insignificant to him, mm-hmm. and yet their politics was sort of so like absurd and like. <laughs> huge in comparison because they were little yeah and he just like the whole point was like Gulliver was just sort of thinking about how ridiculous politics is in general was the queen character who is significantly too young to be the mother of Emily Blunt and all her character is is a red head with tits that they push up basically to her neck was it that character I'm pretty sure yeah oh good yeah, they had like, <laughs> like specifically the part where she's old enough to be Emily Blunt's sister. Just like, Wait, yeah, good. Like oh, hold on, oh, we we passed the pissing scene. Mark, didn't you want to read something? Yes, from I the did. Book? Ah, oh, it's too late now. Too late. Oh. No, Mark, tell us. 
oh well you know a lot of people have fun with the pissing scene like I was reading a review where the guy was complaining that like Jonathan Swift would never have anything so ridiculous in his book yeah they thought Jonathan Swift and what's great though is the pissing scene was the one like the one thing that, that was they actually over. in the book yeah apart from being small and it's great and his name being Gulliver yeah also. they passed they but, did have a few things but yeah. the pissing scene was like verbatim so they, they did it completely wrong like uh-huh. in this movie it's all about Gulliver becoming like the hero and inflated ego and whatnot. and ugh this scene anyway and like the pissing <laughs> was like oh he's a hero now but in comparison in the book that's like he pisses on ability and that's when they decide they need to execute him so, Mark, Mark, too, you just said, oh, this scene to this. Oh, yes, the gigantic coffee cup. But... See, what's, in the book, there was, like, a huge part of it was, like, they did not have the resources to actually feed him. And yet, now they some t- somehow have, like, technology way beyond our own. They can build structures thousands of times greater than anything we could build. Yeah, but in you, comparison to their height. But, you know, this movie is very clever, because, you know what? You can't argue with it. Because literally, no, literally the last scene was Billy Connolly saying, they are ridiculously good builders. Like, really, <laughs> really stressing how good builders they are. So when you I'm look sorry, at this... I just made the mic go red from your Billy Connolly impression. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Come um, on, they were ridiculously good builders. Yeah, so Case closed, Mark. Yeah, so, so I if think you, Cassie if you, said the same thing. <laughs> If you look at this scene and you think, you, they can't do it, this is ridiculous, you just think back, they are ridiculously good builders. Yes. <laughs> See, this time it was much worse. Cause it's, See, I don't know. this is where the thing about the water ties in. Rather than them being small, it seems that Gulliver is big, so the laws of physics would apply to them as it was to normal people. And yet they can build structures many times larger than they actually should be stable. You See, here's something... You used you say that stuff. My thing was, how many years would it take for them to build a structure for him? Where it would take the them thousands of years. But Ryan, Ryan, you have to understand, they are ridiculously good builders. <laughs> where do they get the resources from? It's an island. They, where do they get the stuff from? Considering they did not have electricity when he arrived, how did they have like? Yeah, stuff? but they are. I re- doubt Gulliver actually knew anything about technology. Well, clearly... Well, Jack Black. But clearly it exists. Dude, he clearly knows. He worked in the mailroom. Yes. <laughs> he got letters about it too, like, oh, did you see the new electrical socket? Mmm. Give me that technology, baby. But, that, but you know, sex talk to make ever. that, they need to build, like, power plants. They need to Well, Jack oil, Black knows coal. power plants. Maybe there is a power plant somewhere. Jack but Black. A deleted scene. Yeah. Jack so, Black teaching them, like, technology. Yeah, and but instead they rather focus on a low down shot of him dancing. Mm. This scene was funny. <laughs> this scene was actually pretty good, and it made sense for him not to be yelling at him because they're actually at like ear level. Yeah, almost. Yeah, pretty much. Like you know, like as close as they can get without. Like, hey, at no point does Jack Black have anyone on his shoulder. Like he never like goes, oh here you go, like has them on his shoulder. No mm. point. Oh, See, yeah, in that's... the book, they use him as, like, a form of transportation. Like, he's, mm. like, employed to carry people from one side of the kingdom to the other. Well, in the scene where they had him work, they kind of were riding him. I think that if I was Swifty, I would have written it as he just throws them. <laughs> At so many points in this movie, 
I said, how many people do you think he's crushed with his foot accidentally? Like, he wouldn't know. You don't, yeah, you always kind of think that, but whenever he runs, people are also running, could, and I guess could you smart. imagine? Could you imagine, though, like a little blind boy comes out of his house, and he's, like, looking for his mom, and he's like, Mama? Mama? And he's just, like, feeling around, and he just feels the ground's wet, and he's like, Mama? And he's just feeling like, a, like an Adidas logo print on the ground. He's like, Mama? And that's his yeah. mum squished into an Adidas print. Man, that's sad, right? Could at least look at a musical number. Yeah. <laughs> See, what they don't show you is that Jack Black actually has, like, professional boot scrapers. So every day, <laughs> he puts his feet up. Like, they get a bunch of people. They get teams and sort of scrape, like, the dead bodies off the bottom of his shoes. You know, here's the greatest part. Was there a bit in the movie, in the book, where he said, where his character gives music... Like um, song lyrics to help Jason Siegel's character to pick up the princess. Oh yeah, Jason Siegel. He was in this book. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Mark just said a thing about you know shoe scraping. Don't you remember improvisation? You have to do yes and. Oh yes, yeah. Go, go on. Yeah, they give shoe scrapers yes and they don't. <laughs> that doesn't happen. And there you go, improvisation one hundred and one. <laughs> if Liam was here, he'd be proud. So. This is a Jack Black movie with a script. Do you think he, they actually had a script for him, or do you think they just went, he'll make the magic? Yeah, see, this Jason Segel, it's not his character that's been awkward. He's actually like really uncomfortable with this, because he had no idea this was going to be in the movie. Yeah, it's also like... Well, he had no idea that uh, why did they know, was going to tell him to do it. It's like, also, why do they know modern dance moves? Yeah. Why, well, do they, why do they know English, for one thing? Well... Oh, get over it. Well, I think the no. idea I think the idea is that he doesn't know dance moves, so he's just randomly moving yeah. and it just happens to look like lame white person dancing. But don't they have their own like dancing? Well no, like I said, maybe he doesn't know because he's just a commoner they're, they're or whatever. Dum dums. He's a commoner. See what I don't get is they don't really seem to have any sort of music or fiction or anything that sort of makes them a culture. Uh, just, excuse me. They um, have the annual courting time which spans from day to night. This is my favourite scene. It is. Like, you don't have to be silent and disbelieved. It is my favourite scene. No, we're going to watch it. <laughs> well, the okay. subtitles are off, so you can't enjoy it. I'm Not wa- for sale. Clever name. So, why is this your favourite scene? Is because Chris O'Dowd is the best actor in the because, whole movie. Because this is something I forgot. So he came in and it's like courting. So like, oh, okay, how's it going to go? And it's literally him listing things. And one of my favourite lines in this is he's like, you've been sewing or something like that. <laughs> she's like, oh, and she's like, oh yes, uh, embroidery actually. Mm. Like this right here. <laughs> he goes, you've been sewing. It's like, yes, embroidery. It's my grandmother's. And he just goes, ah. Oh. <laughs> like, you know what? Chris O'Dowd is clearly the best one in this. He outsells Jack Black. What are you doing? I thought there was more chocolate, but no, there wasn't. I can regurgitate no. it into your mouth. <laughs> I gave you a chance. Oh, well, yeah, I know. So... In this, Chris O'Dowd plays this insane general who, you know, why does he even want Emily Blunt? Uh, is it because she's the princess? She's so boring. See, that's an interesting because thing. Movie. Because he doesn't love her, but he keeps talking about how this is the way it should be. Well, it's the social etiquette thing, you know, arranged marriages, classism. So, yeah, his, um, his fault, because this is a 2009 movie, is that... 2010. He, 2010, I'm sorry, I was thinking of year one. Um, his fault here is that he's... 
loyal super loyal not really well he betrays them later but like he's very much following the rules he's he loyal to the way of life which L- lawful to... evil should we say yeah he's lawful evil he's very loyal to the way of life he wants to maintain the um lilliput uh standards of being and they're all changing because jack black mm. single-handedly changed their society yeah. into his kind of dream world See? and he's the only one that has a problem with this oh the rabbit ducky survived i missed hmm. that yesterday and so did the phone and they even comment <laughs> how strong it is yeah and i the thing that i noticed was um these iphones their battery isn't like lasting a week right yeah of course it was 2010, it was a different time. Yeah, well, t- to be fair, when you look at the screen later on, the battery in the top right corner is, like, in the red. Oh, no, like his shirt. Here's something. <laughs> Sorry, <'cause laughs> I mentioned that the subtitles are off, and when he was listening to the phone, obviously listening to the voicemail, the subtitle said, I'm in love with Horatio. Who <laughs> <laughs> isn't? Yeah. So, um, so Jack, Jack Black, I've discussed this with you one, but do we like him? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's great. Right, well, he hasn't seen... Jack Black is my favourite actor. (laughs) He hasn't seen School of Rock where he shits on teaching. I have. Oh, you have? Yes. Oh. You have seen School of Rock where he shits on teaching, but you didn't see it back then. You were yet to have witnessed... Oh, I see. I'm sorry. Well, have you seen him um, shit on pandas? Yeah, it's, it's, those it's, and yeah, you know, I was really surprised that they would let him do that in School of Rock. So it was a weird the, scene where he shit on the pandas. So does that mean <laughs> that his cameo in Anchorman was him shitting on bikers or what biker cult? What was he in Anchorman? He was one of like the news reporters. No, he's no, a no, bike. He, he was a bike guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was in like one scene, and he kills the dog. <laughs> he kicks the dog off the bridge. So, here's the thing that really confused me. Yeah, I know that he's slowly influencing their way of life, but at no point has he influenced their way of life at this point for her to wear pants. Mm. She's a princess. You know what I mean? Am I crazy? I was like, wait, why is she wearing trousers? Like, she's wearing a dress, but underneath it, she's, like, wearing stockings or, or leggings or trousers. And I'm like, ooh, that's very... This this culture is Victorian England, but, like, bordering on steampunk. One of my favourite trivia facts is that Emily Blunt, who plays this character and she's a very great actress people know her from edge of tomorrow uh uh sicario she's she's an actress uh snow white and the huntsman she's an actress who is very much respected because she doesn't play your typical women roles she plays very strong women roles and not just strong as in like oh but like she could beat you in a fight and she's not physically intimidating either like looking at her in this film and others but she has the sheer determination and that's confidence and determination in the character to play someone who would be like on the borderline of mexico looking for the drug cartel in in sicario or edge of tomorrow she's a military woman and she said in she said that gulliver's travels she looks kind. She looks fondly on because it's probably the most girly role she's ever played in her career. Yeah, I think that was the first. Because she's playing play. a princess, a princess. Mm. So, Chris O'Dowd, I love you know what I love about this. Just well, this scene just is funny. This scene where Billy, Con- <laughs> did you hear Billy Connolly where he's just like inside Castle voice? That that oh, got it's us. Just a mere th- th- scene. Yes, it is. Ugh. See. Yeah. 
they're, they're, they're commenting on the fact that they're not supposed to be speaking English. They're doing it for you, Mark. Yes. Why they, must they we went, speak with all these I went back in time and influenced like, the writers to just put a scene in. So, Ryan, is this the best Billy Connolly performance uh, ever? Um... Uh, I haven't watched enough Billy Connolly by the sounds of it. Oh, <laughs> Where else has he been in? Um, there was Man like, Who Sued God. There was a movie a couple of years back where he played like a grandfather or something like that. Could be. It any. looked funny, but I didn't see it. Could be any movie. He's old. He's old. So what I love is they bothered to make him a medal, and also they bothered bothered to give him like the shoulder strap things on his like. Graphic t-shirt? That's like the best part. So, he's already been demoted to Vice General, which is kind of a, like a dick move on everyone else's part. He hasn't done anything to get demoted. Well, to be... What has Gulliver actually done? Uh, well, for, for one thing, Gulliver has been demoted See, in his what job. is this? <laughs> what is their level of technology? Uh, it is steampunk. We've already established this. My favourite thing is they're just constantly waiting. So they're just like, okay... I want to know their movie, where, where they're just sitting there waiting for a giant. Mark, do they have their own movie in the book? Yeah, do they have a story? Yeah, yeah, they mentioned sort of like how the Valthusians have like, they've got like cameras, they're just sort of like, they're Hollywood pretty much. Oh, really? Yeah, Ho- just, Hollywood? Yeah, they, they're like, their whole culture is just like making movies. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Oh, wow. I like, and they definitely I, had gunpowder as well. I really enjoyed Chris O'Dowd just walking amongst all the destruction going, oh no. Oh, the defences are mm. down. See, yeah. They should not have had gunpowder. Why? Because They've got cereal-making abilities. They should have gunpowder. True. At what point um, during this production did you think that um, they worried about it not being a success? Do you think it was during it or after? When? Because unfortunately this movie was not a success, but... The special effects are on point. The costume design is great. No, it's true. The costume design is pretty yeah, great. The movie for, looks good, I'll give it that. It does look good. It's shot well. It's directed well. I suppose if it's going to be in 3D, it has to look good at least. Yeah, it's in 3D. See, what which... I think is, they had the movie, they had it all done, and then it's just like, oh, the actor we're going to need to play Gulliver can't do it. So it's like, and then Jack Black just walks in the door. He's so like, you're saying they I'm did here. the whole movie, so, but they just reinserted the actor with Jack Black? Exactly. So does that mean that it's a pre-production or post-production realisation? Post. Post. Okay. We'll fix it. Why did so, he take his... Sh- I love... He's going into water, Ryan, you stupid. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Do you sorry. go into shirt with your water on? Do you go into shirt yeah, with your water on? Yeah, I go into shirt with my... Do you go my... into shirt with your water on? It's, you know what this movie <laughs> really made me discover... Song. This movie made me discover how attractive Jack Black's pasty, flabby, white body is. It made me discover the joys of it, like how much it jiggles. And See, look at those tiny waves. Yeah, look at those tiny nips. I mean, on a giant, but like, they're pretty tiny. Um, you know, like, the big fat pig. Uh, you know, the, the thing, the thing about this is they said, okay, Jack, take your shirt off. In this scene, you're going to be shot with a million cannonballs. But since you're fat, really, with these actors who play fat roles, like, you know, Jack plays a fat character, how much does it bruise their self-esteem? to kind of be degraded in this fashion. Do you, do you ever think about that? I do, but, like, I've I've also heard that apparently, like, when 
when movies try to cast ugly characters, there are apparently a lot of people going for those roles. So I'm just thinking, like, I guess there would just be a lot of people who would be okay with the fact that they're fat or... Yeah, but, like, sometimes with Jack Black, he plays characters that don't even (laughs) need to be fat, and they just somehow incorporate fat jokes or fat situations for him to do. Like, honestly, he's not even, like, that fat on the grand scheme of things. No, not in the grand scheme. He's definitely got a lot of flab going on. He's, he's He's just a tubby guy. Hmm. Slow motion. Oh, yes. We always want to see Jack Black's jiggle in slow motion. Look at that. Oh, that nips. And he's, he's... And then, boom! And that's how you do it. So, Mark, did you have a favourite character in this movie? Oh, okay. Um, we didn't get to you. We all agreed the general, but let's hear you. I didn't agree. Bartok and I agreed. Two um, out of three. His favourite character was the water. Yeah. His favourite character was uh, Darcy, I guess. I don't know. Which one, Darcy? The the love interest who yeah. appears eventually. Oh. Very suddenly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. When I, I thought liked, the movie was over, yeah. I like the king. The king? Yeah. Bartek, yeah. could you do your accent again? Your, your impersonation? Yeah. Originally, I didn't like the king. It was just because Bartek did his impersonation. Yeah, Bartek like did really... such a spot-on impersonation <laughs> that it just makes us love the king. Come on, Bartek. Oh, you're me. bruised, Jack. Oh, no. <laughs> what? That's not the king. I know, but like, I think every time I've done it after that first one, I feel like it's getting worse, so I should probably no, just like No, it's getting better. It's getting better. You don't hate this room until you do it. Okay. <clears throat> oh, Jack, you're a little bit Okay, no, that was, bit, that was a bit Irish, wasn't it? No, that was Scottish. Oh, go, 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 kick the soccer ball. <laughs> that, that was like Russian. Can you you kick like, the soccer ball. You were like, yes, kick the soccer ball. I mean, what is happening? So... I actually really like the fact that he's kind of using his knowledge of twentieth century, 21st century America to create his 21st century America. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. here's <laughs> the, the thing. Scene. They're marching on him, right? Yeah. Cannonballs barely, barely made an impact on him. What do you think marching is going to do? Well, there are a lot of them. But here's the thing. They throw and they throw a sword at his foot, and that really hurt him. Oh yeah, that nearly brought him down. Really, that really did. Except like it would not have gone through his shoe. Like it just sticking the barest amount into his shoe. He's like, at he's at the point in the movie where sensitive. I think everyone agrees this is what ruined the movie. Jack Black's haircut. Mm. Oh, it's so bad. He looks like a midget with that haircut. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I I don't know what it was about that. Wait 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 wait. Are you saying that midgets have certain haircuts? No no no. Sorry, that's mean? not what I meant. I I make with that. I'm, what, wait wait wait, <laughs> no, 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 no. wait 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 wait. I made a mistake. He agrees with that. Wait really? <laughs> My mistake. No, I meant like he's dressed like this. The way he's dressed and the way his hair is, but also those shorts. It just he. Even though it was yes, a low angle, he just looks really short for some reason. Like, I, before you could buy it because he had more loose clothing. But, but it's the hair that did it. Yeah. Well, that's... <laughs> he has the haircut of a midget. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you get that hairstyle, you become a dwarf. I mean, if you know, that's the problem. There is no such thing as dwarfism. It's really just a hairstyle. Do you think yeah. that the... Well, <laughs> well, what do you think the cut in haircut means? Oh, yeah, cut you've off the You've got long hair, Ryan, as we've established. You're a tall, you're a tall thing. The longer the hair, the taller the man? Mm. No, that's why... That's what that's about, why girls are so wait, tall. Wait, does that mean bald people are microscopic? 
Oh yeah, freaking shit! They're dead. Michael Jordan, short as he's shorter than my mum. Is Michael Jordan bald? I don't want to get that wrong. Yes, Michael Jordan, short as not Michael Jackson. Short as Ryan is tall. So, yeah, this is. I think. I think we can all agree. This is what really killed the movie. Not any post-production problems, but the haircut. As soon as the haircut happened, everyone just left. That's a production problem. Yeah, but not post-production. I know, that's why I said it's a production problem. Yeah, the production problem of the hairstyle. If I was the hairdresser of that, I would be ashamed. Mm, hairdresser of that hair? I would hang myself from well, you know, the hair that I cut of Jack Black. and It's, just it's the best make they can do. Rope. They're like two inches tall. They couldn't really be like... Yeah. You yeah. get that haircut like mine. Okay, that was more Irish. Now I'm getting What the worse. fuck was that? I was trying to surprise you with another Billy Connolly, but I got it wrong. Billy Connolly's spinning in his soon to be grave. <laughs> Billy Connolly's never gonna die. No. He made a documentary called Fuck. No! Well, that means it was good then, remember? Apparently, it has the most uses of the word fuck in all of cinema. Great. Fuck, 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 fuck. No, we're not cinema. Fuck. S- so, Kiss exists in this universe? Well, like people in dressed and acting Lilliput- and can sing exactly like them, I guess. Wouldn't it be great if it was actually Kiss? I was about to think <laughs> that, yeah. Like, it would be beyond the realms of their possibilities. So, everything's changed. Look at her, she's wearing... I don't, you know what I think? I think, really, Emily Blunt just was like, oh, I'm just going to wear my own clothes, and they just had to write the plot around well, that. to be fair... <laughs> How would that be? To be fair, there are some people later on wearing more casual clothes in the city scene. Oh yeah, there's a point where like every person just started wearing like modern western. Th- there was like, a, I I think I remember distinctly Black. there was a person dressed exactly like Jack Black was. You know, red shirt, the black jacket and shorts. Yeah, yeah. he's a god to them. Mm. He's my god. I he's pray a, to him each he, and every he's night. A, he's a general mm. to them, Ryan, not a god. He's a general. Not a god. So Ryan, do what's you... a king? What's a, what's a god to a king? You know, like oh, what? Ryan, do you often just barge into your girlfriend's room and just complain about stuff? Well, if I'm courting her, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good response. Ten out of five. <laughs> Thanks. That's a lot. Um. You know, courting's a very hard thing to do. You have to have interests. You have to have tennis rackets. I just, you know, Chris O'Dowd, it's a very interesting career move for him because it's an it's a real logical step because he was a TV actor. He was in the IT crowd, and I still think that's his most well-known thing he's done. Like, he was in Bridesmaids, yeah. That's, like, the only thing I knew him from, and I wasn't really a big fan, but I liked him in it. I like Chris O'Dowd. I think he's got a charm to him, and he's an actor that I know can be serious. He can do serious roles. Yeah, like, I, I've I, seen him do them. He was in but, Calvary, I think. Yes, he was. But he was serious, and yet he was still very funny in that movie. But he has this kind of cheeky thing about him. Like, you know he can be serious, but underneath it, he just cracks a grin. You know? You'll be like, you know, he's, very, he's a very endearing actor who I... I think this is a great first step for him. Like, I'm not saying this is his first first step, but, like, it's a great career move for him to take. And to think, you're just an Irish actor and you're working with some of the greats. You're working with Billy Connolly. You're working with with uh, Emily Blunt. You're working with Jack Black. And you get to be, like, a central character in a movie. You think, it's very interesting, the production of this, because at this time, nobody knows who... Chris O'Dowd is outside of the IT crowd, but it's a big move for them to cast him as like a big character in the movie, because you got Jack Black, but 
apart from him, everyone else is kind of like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Like, Billy, Billy Connolly, yeah. But for American audience, they're like, oh, okay. It's just some old dude. Maybe that's why they said it in Victorian England. It's just very, it's just very interesting, the fact that this movie did gamble with having character actors be all the other characters except for Jack Black. Like, everyone else is a character actor. Everyone else is, like, you know, an actor that not everyone knows of. I, I really appreciate that that from this movie. The know? Jamaican guy. Yeah, you know, the Jamaican guy from Tuxedo. <laughs> and Chris O'Dowd. And, uh, you know, the robot. Um, yeah. So, Mark, did this happen in the movie, uh, the book? Uh, they, the general went to the other side to build a robot? Mm. Oh well, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the robot was mentioned. Like it was, it was a sci-fi novel, really. Oh yeah, yeah. It was set in the future. Yeah, the Did bold it... future of 2002. Yeah, see, exactly. Did it look like an R2 unit? Yes. Like specifically, like R4. Well, you know, Jonathan Swift wrote Star Wars. Yeah, I, I knew that. Didn't yeah. You know that? So oh, here's the scene where Jason Siegel is cool. It, here's a scene in which they all just refuse to wear the costumes. Mm. Jason Siegel, does he make you moist? Well, he was really in... a lollipop for They've invented them by now. <laughs> they, like make, they make giant coffee makers. They've and... advanced like 200 years <laughs> well, since Scalabra got there. To answer your question about Jason Siegel making you moist... Moist? Um, he was in a movie called Sex Tape. No, I did. Oh, we're going to do that on the show. Cool. We're going to do that. It's unappreciated, but you know what's really unappreciated? Jason Siegel's acting talent. Look at him here. He's conveying a lot of stuff like, oh, I got hit. See, why is but the princess that's acting. sitting down with the commoners? Because the established monarchy is falling apart. Nobody really cares. It's kind of like yeah, they're becoming... Well, no, they're becoming like the royal family of today, mm. where they're there. Like, if you just noticed, Billy Connolly was wearing a tracksuit outfit. It's kind of what Prince Philip does that sometimes. Mm. You know, it's kind of like... Oh, no the royal family are still important, but they're not important. See, oh, it's... you see all those people running, they were all wearing, like, modern clothes. Mm. I, I guess it's like um, that Simpsons thing where Mr. Burns on the bus. He's like, I'm on the bus. And people are like saying, oh, this is what it's like when politicians go into public. Yeah. I like how Chris O'Dowd winked at him. So, we all had a favourite scene. Uh, in this movie, Bartek, did you have a favourite scene? The courting. The courting, was it? Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Okay. That's why I started with, this is my favourite scene. Good. You're wrong, but good. Uh, What about you, Mark? We haven't got around to it yet, but, you know, should I say it? Yeah. It is the super wedgie, the death wedgie, really. The death wedgie, where he wedges the enemy to death. The robot, yeah? Yeah. My favourite thing in this movie is, you know, I, I can't wait, Bartek. I've been saving this. I've not seen a movie ever end by doing the exact same ending as Surf Ninjas by basically saying that's the thing that by I was alluding to in, earlier in Surf Ninjas the film it's about two boys who become princes and kings of a foreign land and they say to the kingdom after they've defeated the evil invaders they say we don't want to be leaders get rid of the whole you know monarchy stuff Use democracy. Put my face on a stamp. Let's call it a day. And then they literally sing ba 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 In this movie, it's kind of like, 
Oh, you know... This one, it feels... It, like, ties it into what they were talking yeah, about. Yeah, but it's also out of nowhere. Because <laughs> yes. in Serpentines, it's already established, ba 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 right? That, but yeah. in this, it's kind of like... Oh, what are you two guys... You, uh, it's just, he, he walks up and goes, War... I, what are you doing? Why are you fighting each other? War? What is it good for? And then just start singing war. What is it good for? And they all break out into a musical number. And I guess that's so I guess, war. I guess the thing there is that, like, earlier when Jason Siegel was dancing and Mark, Mark II didn't like that, um, he was singing, he was giving him lyrics to, like, love songs. So that idea of love being the opposite of war. Mm. So that was, that's kind of a theme connection. War, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. And this movie, it's Say one it of it's one of those movies that teaches you, you know, real lessons about love. Like later on when Darcy, character we haven't seen for like 10 seconds, oh, appears no. again. Uh, there's a whole 10 seconds. There's a part where um, <laughs> Jack Black confesses to her that, you know, he's been lying about her being his girlfriend and she thought that was sweet. Hmm. I mean, she was okay with dating a liar. Mm. That's good, because she's a liar. So, we haven't even talked about the the island that you're now sending him to, that they had been alluding to the whole movie. Before you jump in, Mark, because you have an understanding, do you know what this island was going to be like, Bartek? When I f- watched this movie in the cinema, I didn't, but it caught me completely off guard, and I certainly have never forgotten what it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what was it called, Mark? Bogdingnag. Bogdingnag? Bogdingnag. Sorry, I Why sound, is it called that? I sound racist when I try to say it. I don't know. Jonathan Why is it called Lilliputia? Lilliput, yeah. Lilliput. Now, see, here's the thing. Now you know he's out on an actual beach. Unlike mm, the other time. Real water. Where it's the size of him, yeah. It's like yeah. the beach from, like, the beginning of Greece. I thought it was Greece? I thought you were going to say, like, Castaway. Or something. The beginning yeah. of Castaway? That was in Russia. I know that, but like this in Castaway. So, oh, spoiler alert, he's on an island of giants. Baby heads. Here's the thing. When the other Lilliput people come in there... Ooh. And one of them does? Yeah, how the hell did he get all the way up there? Like, that would have taken him years, that journey. No, but not only that, but like, they like, ooh, it's scary up there. It's like, well, how often would they get killed because they're like the size of ants? It's okay, yeah. it's okay, though, because they know some ridiculously good builders. Like. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Here's the thing. This was the scariest part in the movie. In our household, we watched it as a household. All of us, including Mark, him internally, but the rest of us externally were screaming when Jack Black was dressed... <laughs> when Jack Black was dressed up like a... Yeah, the doll dress. A doll. And she was like... The little girl was terrifying. And she, like, ripped off the head of another toy and put it back down. And Jack was like, okay. It's the, like the complete opposite to the book. In the book, the little girl was, like, his best friend. Oh, But in this, she's a psychopath. Yeah. I guess that little girl doesn't like liars, then? Hey, here's a question I really asked la- la- when I watched this. And I don't think I got an answer to it, really. Uh, not a satisfying one. How does time work in this world, right? So, the little girl has a dollhouse and she has a World War Two pilot in her dollhouse. But mm-hmm. she is, like, four years old. Give her six, at least. Fine. How does time work? Five. Yeah, okay, but how Final does... Final offer. How does time work, right? Because he's already a skeleton, too. So, this is 2010 you know 1940s 
So, like, 70 years or so, whatever has passed, how how does time work for them? Does So it's like, does Jack Black come back and it's, like, 15 years later? Like, how does it work? I think, um... I think when I was looking up stuff about this movie on TV Trope, someone suggested that maybe that pilot, um... Was her grandmother? Like, belonged to her mother or an older sibling. And I think someone else suggested that, like, based on, like, the logistics of what could have happened to him, that he just already died when he crashed or whatever. So, I don't know, maybe he burned and that's why he was a skeleton, a skeleton. Yeah, but no, because no, his parachute was still fine, though. Yeah, and everything else is well, fine. Well, it's a fireproof parachute, guys. Also, Did... wasn't the parachute multicolored? Why yeah. Would, why would a military parachute be multicolored? It's okay to be It's an emergency parachute. But you'd want something that didn't stand hey, out. Hey, hey, Jack Black's in a dress. Could we pay attention to what's really going on? This movie is fine with transvestitism. Transvestitism. Good one. So... This See, he's on the house. top floor as well. How did that... How did the... Don't worry, we'll, we'll get to it in a minute. No, no, get to it now. <laughs> how did he possibly get upstairs? Like He jumped. Say so he's like an ant compared to like this house. Like Oh my god, I thought you were circumcising him. <laughs> but so your main question is time, like, travelling and time. Not like time travel, but the time it takes to travel from point A to point B for yeah. them... Because if you're littler, you you, you go faster. That's, Maybe that's no, the no, because they haven't established that as like a law of the physics in this world. Like Maybe logically, look- that's the house they built would not be able to stand up, and Gulliver like would not be able to stand up under his own weight. Maybe there's a mutant in Lilliput who's got like Superman's flying ability, but nothing else. So like he just used that. Uh, and like on the way <laughs> and, he, and he didn't wait 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 Bart thinks that a lot of crazy shit on this episode such as that haircut makes Jack Black look like a midget you agree but when he said there might be some kind of mutant with like Superman's flying abilities that's when you said wait what <laughs> That's when Mark Mark to Russell draws the line in the set and went, Don't bring Superman into this. Sure. Use the term midget and say that if you have a certain haircut you look like a dwarf. But don't bring Superman into this. Don't you dare. He's my OG. Superman is sacred. Is he? Yeah, I guess he's like Jesus. Yeah. Hey, here's something I found very interesting. I thought they were going to go on a religious uh, angle on this as well by them actually making churches and groups dedicated to worshipping Gulliver but that never happened do you think that would have added some greater context See? yeah it would have been interesting and how would Gulliver have treated the people as a god See, it was overnight. It took him like a night to get there. Oh, it took me a night to watch it, so I guess... <laughs> Superman with just his flying abilities. Look, the house guess. itself is like ten times his size. The Like, the um the island should be like thousands of times larger than him. Dude, like, he obviously rode a butterfly. <laughs> Clearly. Possibly, with Superman's uh, heat-seeking abilities. <laughs> no, with Superman's, with Superman's hair. Oh, right. <laughs> so, so you couldn't recognise it as a butterfly. You know what's one of my favourite things about Superman? Nothing. Is in Superman 4, the worst one... Is that the one called Quest for Peace? Yeah, yeah. Superman yeah. Quest for Peace. 
They have like a strand of Superman's hair which is invincible and it's like tied to a weight, like a thousand ton weight or whatever. <laughs> and Lex Luthor literally walks in, smashes the glass, the alarm goes off, and he just grabs a pair of bolt cutters <laughs> and cuts the piece of hair and takes it. I'm just randomly thinking of that. Oh, see, Gulliver's Travels is a really great film. Best film ever made, guys! You know why? Because it makes you think of many other things whilst also making you engaged in this storyline. Like Bartek's thinking about Superman. That's good because I watched Batman vs Superman and it didn't make me think of Superman. It made me think of rage. This movie makes me feel lots of things. Joy, sadness, anger, frustration, horny, you know, everything is there. I mean, did you not see the Queen's tits? It gave me all those emotions. It was great, you know. Okay, be honest. Was I the only one who thought that he was going to take the sunglasses so he could look cool? No, I, I literally thought the I'm same I'm surprised thing. he didn't take the sunglasses. Like, he, we didn't really... Like, he was there, but we didn't really get that he had a parachute. Yeah, but you assume because he's a pilot, See, right? Why a multicolored Because he's Italian. That's a good point, but still... But he was a U.S. Out. pilot? <laughs> like the, you know, if you maybe got, he was a U.S. Italian. You know American, what? If, if they got rid of the green on that flag and made it a Polish colour, oh. the Polish in the uh, English army during World War Two were the best fighter pilots. Really? Yeah, because they were fearless, apparently. They'd do anything. Yeah, yeah. Poland just didn't give a fuck at that point. Not give a fuck, yeah. We had a bear. There was a bear that got a medal. Did you hear about that one? You're talking about, like, Tekken or something? No, no, in, in the war. Oh, right, yeah, I did Poland like used that. bears, right, because we have it. bears. And it won, it got the highest medal because it sniffed out an enemy spy because he smelt different. And then they got all this information. Oh, like an undercover. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And uh, because he smelt different. He came from a different area. And, uh, and um, they got the guy and they got all this information. And the bear's diet was... Like fish, vodka, and cigarettes, <laughs> and it lived to a very long age, actually. And it's so like this national cigarettes. hero of Poland is this bear. I love it. <laughs> so talking about bears, Jack Black, uh, he's not hairy enough to be a bear. I don't think he's gay either. Uh, does he have a wife? Look that up. <laughs> In Gulliver's Travels, does Jack Black have a wife? Yeah, yeah, he has a wife and kids who he abandons, pretty much. Jack Black? <laughs> For money? Oh, you're talking about Lemuel. Oh, yeah. sorry. Lemuel. Yeah, yeah, he has a wife and kids, and he leaves them, like, and just goes to travel. Does and, he leave and... them accidentally? On purpose? No, oh, sort of both. Like, he's like, oh, he's at home at... like, some parts of it, and he's like, oh, I'm sick of this, I'm so going to travel. And then he disappears for, like, a year... Because he gets lost in both so eyes, he, comes back, leaves again. He trips. What a dick. He trips outside of his house and lands in Lilliput. Yeah, that's exactly. No, no, no. Lilliput is where Australia is. Oh, so oh, where Lilliput? G'day. G'day, mate. Let me throw you a didgeridoo. So, so Mark, <laughs> let's say that you. And also, Bobbing Nad is like on the coast of North America, so it's nowhere near Lilliput. Good day, mate. So, Mark, let's say you were, like, the man behind the movie who had the authority to say Victorian England and get your way. What would you say instead? Like, Sengoku Japan or something? Um, Aboriginal culture? Sort of of Aztec, maybe. That. Oh, Origin of Chocolate. 
Mm. No, oh, good. Like, so yeah, 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 that's what the movie would have been about. <laughs> it was actually a documentary about chocolate. Mm. I don't know, just something about the way the architecture is described in the book sort of reminds me of sort of Aztec. But um, sort of their culture temples. from you, you've described seems more in line with kind of Western... Oh, yeah, they have politics um, and stuff. Yeah, like, the not, fact that there is a civilised politics not system. Really, not actually, saying the Mayans no. and the Aztecs didn't have any, but, like, you know... They, no, 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 it's... It's not Aztec, like the culture is not. It's a mix of, actually, yeah, it's mixed things. But it's, I, I've very, heard, it's very thought out in the book. Like he I, I've heard that the book is not the, um, that he's read the book. Don't he describes sort of like the um the various sort of forms of entertainment and um sort of the um there's this thing he talks about. I don't, I can't remember what he talks exactly. It's sort of like tightrope walking or something. That's sort of like the main trial that everybody has to go through. His shadow isn't in line with what his body is doing. How mm. good. It's in continuity with the sun, though. Yeah, the sun's got it. And also, they didn't speak English. He has to, like, Gulliver's a surgeon on a ship. He's smart. He has to learn all these different languages. Ah, oh, well, did he have to learn how to wedgie a robot to death? Because that's what he does in this movie. Well, he just yeah, kinda, there was a whole sequence where he's, like, training. He's, like, wedging in, like, people, just, like, one on each arm, like. Yeah, I what, imagine. What was the soundtrack? It was um, the, Eye the tiger. Eye of the Tiger, and he's ready to wedgie. You could have said ready to fight. No, wedgie to fight. You would have rhymed with how the song actually goes. I'm not a lyricist. But you have to sing it like Billy Connolly. I really thought they were going to tag team. Like, he goes, you go, and like to Darcy, and Darcy just like flips Chris O'Dell. And the general like tags in the princess. Why is she doing shit? Because she's useless, obviously. Because she's a woman. Because she's girly. But Jack Black is Jack Black. He's yeah, he's got bigger list. tits than her, I agree. We've seen him. And what's this guy like? What? Don't you believe that he didn't get crushed at any His point? His name is Horatio. Look, that would have killed him. No, it wouldn't have. He's fine. So, Mark, who do you think would be better in the role of Horatio? Jason Segel or Mario? <laughs> Mario? Well, considering wait, this wait. movie... I'd Mario, say... Mario? Yeah. Mario would not have surprised me considering this movie. Or Luigi Mario. No, Mario's stupid. I said Mario. Yeah, but you said Mar- Mario's their last name. Talking about, talking about the video game character Mario. Yeah, Mario Mario. No, that's the movie you've had a No, it's canon. It's Mario Mario. That's, really? I'm talking about... I'm talking that, about Mario's actually their last name. Yeah, Mario his first name. In the movie. You never watched Super Mario. In Super Mario Brothers... I have no intention of watching it. In, you will watch it now. Oh. Uh, who we are, guess for that. In oh. Super Mario Brothers, they're like, Oh, what's your name? And he's like... Luigi Mario. It was like Luigi Mario. It's like, oh, okay. It's like, what's your name? Mario. Okay, what's your last name? Mario. But what's your first name? Mario. What's up? So your name is Mario Mario. So that's canon now. Yeah, but I'm talking about Mario. Yeah, Mario Mario. Go on. Yeah, he should. Which one? Chris, uh, yeah, which one? Mario? <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> Who would play a better Horatio? Jason Siegel or Mario? Oh, Mario. Mario. <laughs> In this movie, it would be Mario. Uh, I think it would be Wario. In, like, a proper movie, <laughs> Jason Segel, obviously. So, who would Luigi play? Uh, he would play... The king. The king. <laughs> it's me, King! King Luigi Mario. Alright, now, now, Ryan, give us your hybrid Billy Connolly-Luigi impression. Hey, it's me, Paul oh, Giamatti! <laughs> oh, we missed your favourite scene. Death Wedgie. So, really... Why did any of this happen? That's a question that one asks themselves. Well, you know, it's like asking the meaning of life. 42. Exactly. It's like all you'll ever know, really. 
you know, taking that vow of not going to sleep has really tired me out. You were this... energized at one point. I'm energized in my pants when seeing this movie. My erection is so hard for how good the script is. Forget the bookmark. Put the book aside. In fact, the book is gone. The book is gone. But gone. He's, but he's gone. read so much of it. Gone. The book, it's gone. Oh, it's gone. And now we focus on the movie wholeheartedly near the end when he basically says, screw you guys. Ba, 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 and, and fucks off. But here's the best part. The movie doesn't just end when he goes, ba, 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 I mean, war, what is it good for? The whole kingdom, and not only the whole kingdom, but the other kingdom, all break out into dance, and they all know the dance moves. Well, obviously, he's taught them that, like... Oh, yeah, he, even the enemies. Yeah, yeah even yeah, the no, enemies no, that had prepared, nothing to do with prepared, it. Like, yeah. You know what? He knew at some point he'd be performing Oh, no, performing she's song. being kidnapped. No. You know, you know what really made me happy about that whole uh, war scene? Like, the song war, not actually yeah. having war. Was he was a great dancer. The thought that, um... Ugh. Yeah, that's not a thing that you would have seen in older cinema. So, like, imagine if... Yeah, you wouldn't have seen Humphrey Bogart do that. Or in, like, Li- good cinema. Literally, he was one of the people I was going to mention, yeah. Like, if you had, like, a time machine... And you go uh... back in time to find all the great people. Like, you know, Bela Lugosi... Humphrey Bogart, Peter Bruce Cook, all those guys. You just go up to them <laughs> and say, hey, come with me to the future. You need to be in this movie. And they say, yes, of course. I thought you guys say something completely different. I thought you were going to be like, you don't travel back in time. You give me Humphrey Bogart, Peter Laurie, Pelagosi, Bruce Cook. And you say, hey, war, what is it good for? And they're like, absolutely nothing. And you guys write the song before it came, up, came out. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, and Orson Welles. You're taken back to the present. They're like, oh, is this 2007? Yeah. yeah, they take to the present. Like, oh, is this 2007? It doesn't look anything like Tank Sorry, Girl. I'm just watching him do The Worm, and uh, it's great. Yeah, it is. Hope you liked and enjoyed the movie. So, right, how do you think Humphrey Bogart, Bela Lugosi, and Bruce Cook would react to the ending of this movie as it is? Like, this, this whole war sequence. I think they would have wet their pants. Like, we, we didn't even think of this for our great movies. Who wrote this? <laughs> uh, you know, the great thing about this is Jack Black is that kind of guy. You know, people may not like Jack Black, but he's that kind of guy where he can do handstands and flips and stuff, and he's got the body type that makes you think that he wouldn't, like he's tubby guy. And when you think of fatter people, tubbier people, you don't think of them as so acrobatic. But Jack Black, what's that dance move from her? But Jack Black really is an energetic guy. Like, you know, he doesn't have the so-called fit body, but he's he is very energized when it comes to dancing and performing. I think that's the thing that carries out with Jack Black is that... He meets an expect. He doesn't meet your expectation of he a them. lazy fat guy in terms of like yeah his attitude may be lazy but he's physically energetic and it's just captivating to watch. Yeah, you wouldn't see that if Paul Blart just like Paul Blart. Kevin travels. James, yeah, yeah. yeah. You well, I mean specifically the, the Paul Blart character, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing about Jack Black that I like. It's kind of like certain actors have. Like I was saying, I wonder how degraded he feels with all the fat jokes. But at the same time, he kind of evades those things with his kind of quirky singing and uh uh you know his uh 
dancing abilities and his flips and all that. It's kind of like how Danny DeVito rarely plays any roles that actually comments on him being technically a dwarf or like a short person. He's just Danny DeV- He's just a, gu- a guy. Jack Black, he's just like, yeah, he plays fat guys, but it's like at no point do they ever bring up the fact that he's an amazing dancer. Like, why? Why? And I think he's amazing. So the movie didn't end, Bartek. You thought it was going to end, but in the end, it didn't because they wanted to have an indication of sex and to make a pun about little, you know, little people. Hey, look, I'm back in the movie. I got a new guy. Do you not like TJ Miller? He was in Deadpool. I haven't seen it. He's alright. I just thought it was funny that, like, he... He's young and doesn't give a fuck. I know. He was born in 1990. Yeah, He's older than us, Ryan. Yeah, I'm young. He's like Sam's <laughs> Man, he makes me feel so young and innocent. So, yeah, and the movie, you thought, oh, it's going to end with Lilliput being all rescued and war being averted, but no, it ends with them kind of, like, indicating that they're going to go have sex now. They're courting. And then she's laughing because that was not in the script, obviously. <laughs> and now they're going to go off to have sex. But wait, look. Wait, what? Uh-oh. They're, they're together doing travel stuff but here's the thing I get so the look this does this mean the real world now knows of Lilliput and now he's kind of American Indian them by spreading oh, yeah. war famine and disease hmm. with like, supreme tourism and yeah. invasion they'll just put like a big glass dome around Lilliput and just like just put like a stadium around it so people can watch them in what? the book, actually, it's great because he does take a bunch of like the, the tiny animals back to England with him. I would be terrified and of r- having a war waged by the giants. Oh, yeah. Butt Crack Man. That was his name. Butt Crack Man. Mm. Uh, in case you're wondering. Um, fun fact about the credits, Bartek, is the the excerpts from the book. The, uh, you know, the, the articles and stuff. So certain things that we didn't get to see. You know, like, mentioning certain other... Yahoos. You know, the the movie can't fit it in because the book does span, like, several years, right? Like, he travels oh, a yeah. lot. There's so four the... separate books. Sort of Man, if, if only the company Yahoo would have sponsored this movie. Yeah, and Jack Black uses Bing. <laughs> Why? Because, <laughs> because no one uses Yahoo. No one uses Bing. Yeah, except for Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, 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 it's Yahoo's Yahoo on the left. Except for Spider-Man. Spider-Man uses Bing. Yeah, but that that specific Spider-Man. Yeah, and so would Jack Black. Spider-Man. I would love Jack Black as Spider-Man. So the movie has ended, unfortunately. There was a lot of stuff that went on. There was a lot of laughs. There was a lot of tears. I didn't laugh. You did, on the inside. Not in the movie. <laughs> on the inside. You know, when I watched this... With my household, with Mark. Oh, what is that? We watched it as a household, and Mark had yet to make his redemption, which I'm sure he'll bring up in his review in a moment. For why it's the best movie ever. This was a hard one to watch, because we all enjoyed it (laughs) except for Mark. Mark was still reserved. I think, you know, he'll tell you in a moment, but he still had post-traumatic stress disorder from the first time round that he just couldn't let go. And our innocent housemate, Cassie, was just trying to say, Mark, calm down. Stop bringing up the book. Mark got angry. He left. I'm angry. Yeah, he got upset. That's it. You got passionate. Yes. Mark stormed off to his room and closed the door. We had to have a little intermission and talk (laughs) him down from killing himself. It was a very deep, 
personal thing that I'm announcing on this podcast <laughs> that is very personal and private. Mark was Mark was on the roof. He climbed out. He was yeah, threatening all, to like kill himself. I like how they go with just a photo of Jack Black. Like not even but he was threatening to kill himself and we had to crawl up there and say, Don't do it. You have so much to live for. You still have yet to see war. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. And then he went, Whoa, that's deep and he just like got <laughs> off the roof. He got off the roof and said Thanks, guys. <laughs> I nearly made a mistake. And then he put his hand on all of our shoulders, even though there was three of us and he only has two hands, and said, I love you guys. You're my family. Wow. I, I, de- I denounced that. my old family, and I am now Mark Slowinski and Mark Apps and Mark Penny. These Mark are- Slowinski, Penny Apps. And I am now... Indebted to you for life. Please let me do the that. podcast, please. <laughs> like that's where you draw the line. But we <laughs> had a bonding moment, and then we watched the movie again. And Mark was stone faced. <laughs> he was obviously still processing all of the feelings, and he cried. Jack Black mm. danced, and a tear rolled down his face as my other housemate Cassie said, "What's your problem, Mark? This is a really good movie." The best part is she actually meant it. She did. She. We mean it too. It is a really great movie, and and you know, that's the thing. Mm, yeah, this is really. This is really. The movie's now ended. I really appreciate this movie now. Yeah. So we'll the get into was. our into our reviews, I guess. Bartek, let's hear from you first. You know, you've had you've had a great deal of things to say. I want to hear from you first. Okay, just let me stretch a little first. Uh, stretching out, stretch it out, stretch <sighs> it in, stretch it out. You want a bit? Just getting refreshing the brian. So should I use my original review or? Yeah, sure. But let Bartek go first. He's he's gonna warm you up. Yes. Warm you up, good. Needs a bit of salt. Go on. That was a good joke from me. Okay, so. (laughs) (laughs) That was a joke. Don't laugh. It's making it's delaying my review. So this movie, Gulliver's Travels, from two thousand and ten. I mentioned earlier that I had seen it before in the cinema, maybe in 3D. I can't quite remember if that's true or not. Um, and I, I, like I said, it was one of those movies that didn't hit the awful point. It just hit the kind of okay point. Um, but it also left an impression on me one way or another. And I think this goes back to this whole idea that I've mentioned in a f- couple of episodes here and there that the universe wants you to watch specific movies whether it be for the first time or again um and really think about it like i i think more than ever in our last episode on um bewitched Bewitched, we really learned a lot about that movie through discussion that we probably weren't anticipating and that's why that episode was very philosophical philosophical uh academic i would say um yeah scholars are going to use it so this movie, we learnt a lot about other cultures, I suppose you could say. You know, Mark was commenting that this movie's uh, area, Lilliput and Befusha, was that what it's called? Yep. Befusha, yep. and whatever the last one, Bomb Boom Bim Bang. Okay, racist. Uh, <laughs> bomb Boom Bing Bang? Okay, s- stop being racist. Stop being racist, okay. All the Bomb Boom Bing Bang people are going to get angry. <laughs> We're going to get letters. 
They don't know the address to send them, but I know they will send. Letters. Well, they know they know all your names now. Shit. Yes. Um, we learned a lot about other cultures, and we also learned comedy. Like this movie, even though it was after Year One, the comedy was different. Whereas that one had the very we we kind of were debating whether we agreed with this or not, but Monty Python esque humor at times, and mm. it also had a dynamic with two main leads. Um, we had uh, Jack Black and Michael Cera, Sarah, whatever you want to call him, which gave, like, two different comedic performances, and that kind of meant that in that movie, Jack Black was very much on the extreme end of, like, dumb and being comedic. And loud, yeah. And loud, whereas Michael Cera had the more straight man points. Whereas this movie, we actually saw Jack Black as he pretty much usually is like he's the lead he's the only one so he has both those points of being funny but also being realistic and someone that you can put yourself in the shoes in even though those shoes are very giant to certain people yeah um so we saw his comedic performance here and he played it kind of like you would expect from a movie from that era you know he, he was a main character that had a job but he wasn't Fool, he, like he he was he's settled in the position that he was in, but he could have gone for more. But his personality didn't allow him to get to get more. I'm sorry, Ray, you look really tired. I'm not tired. I'm I'm absorbing what you're saying and trying to apply it to my life. Oh, I see. Because that's what our content is all about. So the big message that I was leading up to here is the idea of you know big guys, little guys. He felt like he couldn't make a change in his world because the only people he was bigger than were the little action figures in his house. And oh! Yep. Yeah, and uh, we, di- we didn't comment on it because we were talking, but at the very beginning of the movie during the opening credits when we saw New York, that was all stop motion, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, do you actually agree with that? Like, I don't, no, I don't know. I don't think it was. We'll watch it again a bit later. But um, All right. Guys, start, start the, the episode again. again. We're going to do the podcast from the stop. Go. Hi, guys. Welcome to Spoon Boys. <laughs> Hello. Hello, listening people. So- On this show, we... Um, yeah, big guys, little guys. So when he got to the island, not only you know, was he gigantic big guy to all these little people. I didn't say midgets this time. <gasps> but he also got to... They were jumping to conclusions. They were feeding him... Things that make him feel better. Like people, yeah. Like people. So, as you can tell from what I've just been talking about, this movie is about friendship. Oh, good. Is that in your rating? And friendship ties it into so many other classic movies, like Kangaroo Jack. So, I give this movie a nice, big Kangaroo Jack, but a very tiny Kangaroo Jack wearing a helmet, sunglasses, and a parachute, while peeing on Billy Connolly. <laughs> what a weird thing to say. I don't know why you said that. So, I'll go into my review. We'll get to you, Mark. Well, you're lucky last. I loved this movie, of course. I described it as a fever dream. It is very similar to me in the regards of the film Just Visiting in terms of you watch it and you instantly forget about it. But not in a... That's not a negative critique. That's a positive because sometimes you need movies just for the moment. The quintessential popcorn movie. And just because it is a quintessential popcorn movie does not mean it isn't a marvellous piece of art. 
The best pieces of art sometimes are the ones that you just have in your house, but you don't necessarily sit down and analyze them each day. They're just there. That's this movie. It's just there. Jack Black is just in it. Billy Connolly's just in it. Everyone is in it. This movie was so emotional that I refused to sleep because of it. And that may damage me later down the line. I mean, who knows? But I know now that I want to start a fight club because of this movie. Because my imaginary friend told me to. This is a movie. You're not supposed to be indebted to it. And I think that's the thing most people negatively had towards it. People were like, oh, you know, it has this legacy to behold of Gulliver's Travels. Fun fact, Gulliver's Travels is just a book. And this is just a movie. And you know what? We live in a time where how many people read Gulliver's Travels the book? Exactly. Right. But how many how many people have watched the movie? Yeah, that's right. Lots. Two and three. Yeah, exactly. So, bam. Do I have to give this a rating? Yep. Yeah, I do. And do I want to? Yep. Yeah. But do I have anything else more to say? Yeah, I do. And it's the same as my rating. And my rating can only be one thing. And it's also more of my review. War. What is it good for? Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. Oh, no, no, no. Thank you. And Mark, let's hear from you. Well, I did have another review, but, you know, you, you really... Open my eyes, turn my opinion around. So I warmed his heart. Yeah. He was writing that as we were talking. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't read half of it when my writing is terrible. But you know, this movie, this movie really should be a classic. Like, I, I will. I, I started off like really despising it, you know, because it really shits on culture. <laughs> but no, 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 no. Yeah, like, yeah. I thought he was shitting on literature, but now Jack Black shit on all well, of culture. It was specifically books. Well, the concept of literature, yeah, but books, he was yeah. shitting on them. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, now, now, now I'm like, uh, you've opened my eyes. Like, this, this is a really profound look at, like, just culture. Like, and, <laughs> and, and particularly the corrupting influence of, like, Western pop culture. You know, we see the cult of personality that arises around Jack Black, who acts as a focal point for sort of our modern ideals, our modern uh, media, and, like, how does this focus through him onto the um, sort of the Victorian era island um, and it's really the, the size difference emphasises sort of the, the impact he had, he can have on them like it's sort of like um, in the in the mail room like you were saying I like your point about how he has the action figures and that's sort of like the limit of his control over his own life he's stuck in the mail room he's not really achieved anything but in Lilliput he is huge and that's not just like sort of physical size it's his ego really that can sort of dominate their culture he really comes to sort of um exert a huge influence over their culture and sort of um infuse them with our western ideals we said in the sort of the um, the dress they adopt the the various um sort of stories he exposes them to because at the start we don't see that they really have they don't have any idea of what fiction is they don't under- really understand lying they don't understand um like sort of anything really about culture they, they saw a big guy and they treated him kind of like a you girl. know they understood yeah yeah you know what they understood there love war yes war what is it good for <laughs> they didn't ask that question though until the end no. yes 
That was their floor. Yeah, but we see we see Jack Black like I'm just gonna call him Jack Black. Like, I don't know. But we see him like sort of out, how yeah. his his vast size sort of represents his sort of ego and his cultural domination over them, and how that is allows him to sort of control them to a degree that he couldn't over his own life. And he from this he sort of gains sort of more of an appreciation of himself like he's shown like what he knows how that can be sort of exploited to have like influence the lives of others and, and um he brings that back to um the manhattan oh yeah the island of manhattan oh they're both islands yes i didn't connect that <laughs> yeah he did mention they're near other islands yes yeah long <laughs> yeah and what was the other one um, Staten and, yeah, Staten Long. and Long, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was a good joke. <laughs> that was, yeah, and it really the whole point really ties together at that last scene, that great last scene where he's talking about there are no small people, only or no small jobs, only small people, oh. and it really emphasizes sort of like how he's grown, how his ego has really expanded. So yes, it was a great your rating um yeah 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 i will give it a 10 out of 10 just a 10 out of 10 could i give could i give his rating for him yeah sure that was a ridiculously great movie <laughs> yes so i approve of that rating oh no what what's what's happening mark no don't get on the roof mark mark what are you doing no I'm gonna jump. No! Mark! You can't jump! What? No! Oh well, we lost Mark, Mark 2. Shit landing, 2 out of 10. Mark, Mark 3, come on up! So, Mark, Mark 3, I hear that you like the movie a lot more than Mark, Mark 2. Hey guys, Mark, Mark 3 here. Yes, I love this movie. It was his favourite movie. So, you know what, Mark, Mark 3 and Bartek Ender? A lot of people had a lot of things to say about this. Now, before I started this episode, I said to the guys, this was a hard time to get reviews. The reviews tended to be the same note, which was, this movie's not good, it's not great, it's just not the best, and oh, we're wise. tired of Jack, and they're like, we like Jack Black, but he can be a bit tiring. So, Treason. but at first I was like, oh, I'm a bit worried, but you know what? I'm energized, maybe it's a lack of sleep, but, and you guys have talked about so many points that these reviews hit on the head, I'm just going to dive in. This is from 2011, and there's no star rating on this one, it's called Action Figures. There is something brilliant about this project, something absolutely brilliant. You'll find it hard to locate in the storm of distracting bad decisions elsewhere. The bad? Well, you can read about that elsewhere. A cheap film factory and story meets the three black Jack Black jokes. The clever idea is this. Black plays a character who is a repressed nobody. In his own apartment, he acts out dramas from films with his collection of action figures. He goes to sleep and dreams, maybe not because the fantasy doesn't need an explanation. He ends up in a land full of people the size of his action figures. Once there, he tells them stories about himself drawn from all those movies, with him as the hero. They believe him, of course. 
This is somewhat interesting. The brilliant part is how he inverts the inversion by having the little people on stage reproducing scenes from the film with him as the hero. Later they build him a replica of his world as filtered through his lens. The idea is pretty cool and would have been worthy of something like Schenectady with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Sorry, what? Schenectady. It's a movie. It's like a really acclaimed art movie. It's like, you know, water drop mark of greatness of art cinema. Um, with And with Philip Seymour Hoffman. <clears throat> How this could have been spliced to Swift's original version is too delicious. Swift was vulgar, offensive, and unsettling in his truths. There is none of Swift here. Yeah, there's none of Swift here. I actually would have preferred seeing Travolta's Scientology disaster again rather than this. Cool idea, though. <laughs> right? Okay, right? yeah. <laughs> and he does rate it. Ted's, evalu- <laughs> Ted's evaluation. One out of three. You can find something better to do with your past... With... with, with uh, something better, better to do than... This with your life. One out of three, Ted's evaluation. Well, you know, it, it wasn't John Travolta's Excuse me. Scientology Excuse Eight out of... Seven out of ten. Gosh, aren't we being a little all too serious in these reviews? Ooh, is that yours? No, it's from 2011. Gulliver's Travel is fun. A fantasy not taking itself seriously light comedy. <laughs> yeah. You won't learn anything... You won't cry. You won't witness historic cinema in the making. You will spend an hour and a half watching an enjoyable family film that doesn't pretend to be anything more than a fun adaptation of an age-old tale by Jonathan Swift. I marked the film 7 because I enjoyed watching it. Isn't that enough? Must everything be critiqued so much that we lose enchanting family films that just cheer us up momentarily? Sometimes, now this might upset the media study students who seem to be taking over IMDb these days. Sometimes I don't want to have to concentrate on plots and subplots. Sometimes I just want to watch a film and escape for a bit. Is that okay with you? Must everything be a cans fodder? If you want to be, if if you want to have fun and watch a dumb romantic comedy, watch Gulliver's Travels. <laughs> dumb romantic comedy. I wrote that in my original review, actually. If you're an over serious sneering sceptic, uh, and they they meant to write skeptic, but they wrote sceptic. If you're an over-serious sneering septic, <laughs> don't. It's that simple. And that's the end of their review. You know what's great? A friend of mine once like went onto the Immunization Australia Facebook page yeah. and she was asking them, hey, how do immunizations work? Just to see how they'd answer. And they went into this whole tangent about septics arguing <laughs> with them. And I just responded in the comment like, Skeptic uh, asterisk markers and like correcting their spelling. Well, guys, this next one's a bit of a long one, but it is worth it. I feel like this one is a quintessential review that kind of summarizes what we've said and fills in the blanks. 
say it now, to me. it's from 2010. The movie just came out. It's an, a seven-star review. It's called Enjoyable, but could have been great. See, even the title gets okay. what we're going on about. Now, this review may contain spoilers. <clears throat> Ever since I saw the trailer, I wanted to see Gulliver's Travels. I love Jack Black. I love Amanda Peet. I love the story. Turning Gulliver's Travels into a 3D movie seemed like an excellent idea. At first. The story begins in New York. Jack Black, Star Wars and Guitar Hero geek, has been working for 10 years in the mail room for a uh, in the mail room of a big publishing company. He's secretly in love with an editor for travel stories, Amanda Peet, and applies for a writing job just to impress her. He gets it eventually by stealing text from an article from the Time Out website. Soon he heads for the Bermudas for his try <laughs> yeah for his tryout assignment. His what? For his tryout assignment, writing about a man who knows the secret of the Bermuda Triangle. Oh yeah, that's what it was about. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. Jack almost dies in a big storm and ends up on a beach surrounded by many people. Yes, Jack Black has arrived in Lilliput Land, where he will become the hero who saves the land from a nearby evil kingdom. No spoiler there. Jack Black is the guy you love to love, and as a fan, you really hope that Gulliver's Travels is as good as the trailer promises. Unfortunately, it isn't. Although Jack has must use his dick to stop a catastrophe. <laughs> Although Jack must use his dick to stop a catastrophe, like in the original book, and he gets a tiny Lilliputian right in his ass. This actually is a family-friendly movie. Too bad, I think, because the story that is presented is too safe to be satisfactorily entertaining and is almost without any suspense or surprises. The best part is the opening credits. <laughs> That's what they say. Here we see famous scenes from Manhattan filmed with a special camera lens so it all resembles a miniature city. It's almost po it's an it's an almost poetic beginning that is in firm contrast with the rest of the story oh, that so seems chaotic and rushed. When Jack arrives in Lilliputland, he does all the things you expect him to do. He start out he starts out as a prisoner, becomes the hero, falls out of grace and leaves Lilliputland, only to return and be the hero one more time by entering a wild wild west like confrontation. Some of the fun scenes with the tiny Lilliputians really work. The table soccer scene for instance, as seen in the trailer. And there's also a nice scene in the theatre that includes some funny spoofs on famous 20th Century Fox movies like Empire Strikes Back and Titanic. In Lilliput Land, Jack makes his own Times Square, complete with posters from famous movies and musicals. Real funny. The problem with Gulliver's Travels is that all the elements are there. The advantages of being a giant, the love story, the scene with the boats on a string. But why is the story so unimaginatively predictable? 
Just when things become interesting, a different problem should be solved by a hero. The story goes to the left, then to the right, and could therefore use more scenes that prepare you for all the exciting things that are about to happen. Nice example of this is when Jack gets banned from Lilliput land. He's moved away by boat and arrives in a land not filled with tiny people, but with very large people. That's, that, you know, that's, that Jack Black, that, that Jack Black really fancies a man, like, they just skip over that. They just go, there's no suspense here. And the main love story that Jack Black really fancies Amanda Peet, that I can understand. I can also believe that Amanda Peet thinks that Jack Black is a real nice bloke. <laughs> but there's, but that she's secretly in love with him as well. Mm-mm-mm. That wasn't convincing at all. True, Gulliver's Travels wasn't made to earn Oscars. And in the end, it's a nice family movie for the upcoming holidays. But with a better script, better editing, and less moralistic ending, and a more outrageous Jack Black, this could have been big. More outrageous. Now it's just another blockbuster special effects comedy that you almost have forgotten the moment you leave the cinema. Yeah, yeah, did you, yeah, you want more outrageous Jack Black? He wasn't outrageous enough. The next one is from 2011. It's a seven-star review. See, most of them are seven stars. A good movie. Sit back and enjoy. I generally, I generally don't like to review a movie according, according to how close it is to the book. But I notice that many of the negative reviews are comparing it to the book. So to answer those comparisons, number one, the movie is rude and crude and a disgrace to the classic. I assume they have either not read the book or read some sanitized, abridged children's version of the book. Not only does the book contain crude parts in the movie, not in crude parts that are in the movie, but the book is more crude and descriptive. Oh, the yeah. movie didn't add potty humor, but took out most of the toilet humor from the book. There's actually, a, there's actually like some great scenes in um, *Bobbing Gate Line of Giants* in the book, where like the giant women sort of use him as a sex toy. Oh, good. Yeah. Two. The movie only had Gulliver rather than many islands in the book. True. But the book had years between adventures and would have been a lot to try and put into one movie. Besides, the second half of the book sucked. Somewhat joking, somewhat serious. Anyway, back to reviewing the movie. It's a good movie, but not great. They did a good job changing from the 18th century to modern times. If you are looking for a fun Jack Black movie, you won't be disappointed. And this movie is inspired. And this movie inspired a couple of my friends to even read the book. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the last review. I ended on a negative one because there was a lot of them. But this was a negative one that I didn't choose because of the vile nature of it. But the innocent nature of it and the sheer randomness. It's not the most random, but just the title. My 363rd review. (laughs) Pretty awful. Even the 8 to 10 year olds weren't impressed. Two stars. Man, that guy should be more confident about his reviews. Special effects doth not make a movie. And this is so lightweight as to be nigh on pointless. 
The film is nicely designed, etc., but so lacking in anything beyond basic pop culture references that it just becomes nearly meaningless. Jack Black is very one-dimensional and the rest of the cast try hard but look somewhat embarrassed by the whole affair. It suffers most in that it just isn't funny or that much fun or by being a pop version of Gulliver's Travels, it destroys what made the original magical. This could have been good, but suffers from too many cliches and a lack of good script and really some pretty second-rate over-the-top acting from all involved. All in all, just about viewable if you've got small boys, but even they might see through the film, uh, through this film flam pretty quick. Film flam instead of flim flam. Film flam. That's actually pretty good. That's actually pretty good. So Robert Ebert's review kind of went contrary to that because his point was that like really young kids would enjoy it. Yeah, Roger Ebert, the enemy of our show, liked this movie. Yep. Three out of four. That was it. You guys, of course, have been fantastic, amazing, wonderful, superfluously great listening people. And you guys really are the glue that keeps it together. And of course, the movie is the wood that attaches to you and we are like the other piece of wood i don't know where i was going with I that but nails nails yeah, the hammer the hammer sure and a screw fucking you know whatever and um you guys of course uh you can communicate with us you can give us a re- hey give us a review a positive negative i don't care hey write one like on the imdb's an out of this dimension review. Out of this dimension review. Or you can just suggest a movie to us on the Facebook page, Spit and Polish Presents, because hey, we may not have done this. And if Mark didn't say to me, Ryan, I hate Gulliver's Travels, and I said, no, I'm going to change that, yeah. we may have never done this, and Mark may never have learned a lesson. I've learned a lot. So just, just remember that, guys. It's Spit and Polish Presents, not Spit and Polish Presents. Yeah. It's unappreciated. Like where our presence is just over them. <laughs> Spit and polish presents. So, you guys, as always, be kind to each other. So, what is a good part? Absolutely nothing. So, should be much? Stash? Okay, okay. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs>